On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so with every episode... Shit. So every week... What? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay, I got it, bro. All right. So we try to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so along with every episode halfway through the week, we release... <laughs> Forget it, man. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice, with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. Today, we're going to be diving into Allison Chain's second studio album, Dirt. My name's Quentin, and with me is my brother Travis. How you doing, bro? Uh, this might be the first episode where I wish that I could hear more of that intro track. Guess what? I wish with you could the just keep it playing. Post editing, I can make it a little bit longer. That's true. In which case, this will make no sense to our audience. Yes, it will. <laughs> but what a great opening track to an album! You know what I mean? Yeah. Boom! Hit you. You yep. don't know what's coming where. <laughs> you don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> but no. yeah, so you're you're taking the reins on this episode, man. Yeah, I so, I missed the train, the well, Allison so, Chain train. Well, well, I, I'm sure thing, you though, did dude. too. We both. Okay, so this will be another. This will be part of the combo. Is that we were we okay? Where do we begin? Because you know we were born in the late '80s, so the reason we missed the grunge train, as it were. It's because we were, you know, four or five. Am I doing math yeah. right? Yeah, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, you yeah. know, under ten. You know, we weren't old enough to to appreciate or to know even. What was, I mean, yeah, we would. We, you know, I think my. I always remember hearing '90s grunge rock at the at the sw- local swimming pool, dude. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking let's, about? Let's, yeah, I don't yeah, because Rosemead. they played because Rosemead they played uh, rec center. They played Q102. The rock station, the local rock station, is the only station that they played. Yeah, and so I remember hearing Bush and you know Nirvana when I was swimming around and with my floaties on and shit, you know. Yeah, and let's address the fact that we mentioned in the last episode that we were going to do Bush. Uh, we were going to do Bush, Sixteen Stone. So what happened was, the, well, here's what really happened, <laughs> dude. I mean, there's just no comparison between the two albums. Is what happened. So, right. If we're gonna do a grunge rock album, yes, Bush, there's a handful for, that you for can start, do. For, for one, Bush is post grunge. Number two, well, yeah, that album was not that great. I think it was more of a nostalgic thing for Wait, us. Wait, did you say Bush? Or, yeah, you said Bush was post grunge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll be, dude. I love Machine Head. 
there's some tracks on there that I just I really love, but the yeah. album as a whole it just doesn't stack up. You know what I mean? It's just not. Yeah, it's just it's, you, the two things are there's not even the same. You know, also Alice for Chains me has such a bigger impact. And I just have to say with Bush and I, I was you know when they came out with the science of things, I was at the age where I could appreciate music and I was listening to my own music yeah. stuff that I bought myself. Yeah. That album, I really do like, uh, okay. I'll say there's a few tracks on there that I absolutely love. Um, letting the cable sleep is absolutely my favorite Bush album, uh, push song. It's, it's such a good song. The thing about um, the science of things is that's when, that's when they were far enough out of the grunge movement to be like considered their own thing you know what i mean like yeah it seems like with from what i from what i understand with 16 stone like the reception of it people bashed it for being a knockoff of nirvana and the grunge sound because bush Uh, uh, is bush is from the uk you know they came over from the uk and uh uh gavin rosdale got a lot of shit for basically just doing whatever the record label told them to do. So they're okay. like, Hey, we got this photo shoot. We want you to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just tell me when to, where and when, uh, because he was a pretty boy, not his fault, but you know, Wait, so we didn't want to spend an entire episode having to dive into all the negative things. Cause you, you can't not, I gotta hear, um, I gotta hear more, some story here. What are you, are you saying that there was a photo shoot? And no, not show- one particular photo shoot. I'm just saying that within the grunge scene. Oh, okay. Hold on. So you got a like lot of cred, shit. Like as far for, as like grunge cred, he didn't have it. Exactly. Because, you know, <laughs> grunge cred. cred yeah. The whole grunge movement was anti-record label, anti-mainstream, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the review of Dirt, uh, we like to start every episode with a little segment called What You Heard which is basically uh, we're both going to come to the table with a track from a band that we've been listening to uh, recently or since we last spoke. Uh, It's just another way to share more music, you know, Um, because that, you know, that's, that's the whole, the whole point of this podcast is to just talk about music, share music. And uh, this is just another way to get a couple other bands in there aside from the band that the episode is about. So, um, Q, how about you start with yours? Because I think my band uh, ties into Alice in Change a little bit better. So, Yeah, so I've been listening to this album called Sun Kids by this band called Space Face. All one word. Space, Space Face. Yeah. I'd never heard of them before. I was on, I was on the Reddits. Um... And I just realized that I'm going to start our first episode off with that age-old war between Jif or Gif. Oh, my God. I think it's Jif. Um, it's it's Gif, but that's okay. It's fine. Twin brothers, we don't always agree on, on all the things. Yeah, this podcast will certainly reveal that. I'm going to tell you about this Jif that I saw. Uh, they have this really cool pressing of this album on like multicolored, you know, tie-dye looking vinyl. And the label has, um, it's set up to where when you press, you know, when it's spinning on the record player, the label kind of looks animated. I won't go into details, but it looks really cool. So I went from there 
you know, jumped into the comments and someone had posted, oh yeah, that's that's uh, Sun Kids by Space Base. I checked it out. It's um, it's like equal parts polyphonic spree, uh, a little bit of Tame Impala mixed in there. Just a just another psychedelic rock band, but the album all the way through, uh, it flows really well. There's just a lot of different. It at times is very very spacey, uh, and okay. kind of like almost ambient at times. And then you know they've got they've got some more heavy stuff as well. Kind of kind of like the old Tame Impala, you know. Um, and yeah, it's just a really solid listen all the way through. I've listened to it. A couple times through all the way so it came out earlier this year uh well earlier in 2017 um back in april and yeah i definitely recommend you give it a listen all the way through if you can trev um so this track i'm gonna share just a little clip of it this is about halfway through the song it's a pretty lengthy number about seven and a half minutes um and i'm just gonna kind of fade it in um at the bridge and then it, it kind of builds up and, and kind of uh quiets quiets back down towards the end of it so yeah here is track number 10 off of space faces 2017 release sun kids this track is called spread your head cool yeah i just wanted to keep playing that yeah i like that so you know yeah like you say there's a lot there's a lot of um there's a lot of genres in there yeah i'm hearing a little bit of uh like mgmt maybe a little bit tame impala yeah. for sure like you said tame impala um, yeah uh, temples you know all those yeah yeah this uh yeah the 70s revival psych yeah. rock stuff sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of good good bands out there like that right now yeah um yeah space face that's cool yeah um so we're about to do i wouldn't say a 180 but uh my picks quite different than that uh but it's going to tie into 
not not directly into Alice in Chains, but it's um, kind of in the same building, at least as far as genre. So the track I'm going to talk about today is called Satan Winnet by a band called Ordos. So um, they would they would fall under the doom metal umbrella, um, sludge rock, sludge metal, stoner metal. Um, and sometimes Alice in Chains has been classified as like stoner metal, stoner rock. So um, anyway, this is, uh, it's very dark. The lyrics are, are, are um, very uh, black metal almost. Uh, I mean, they're singing about Satan and and uh, bowing down. Do metal then, right? Yeah. This this track in particular, so yeah, let's just let's just play it and then we, and then we can kind of talk about it. Okay, so uh, this the vocalist, he's got a pretty wide range, uh, and this song kind of demonstrates that. Like, the verse is kind of a little bit more um, clean, his vocals a little bit, but then by the chorus, he's he's screaming and yelling. Uh, yeah. I just sent you a picture of the, uh, the album artwork. You should pull it up. It's pretty badass. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's... That oh, yeah, sets, that's real cool. Sets the mood perfectly. But yeah, the whole album is is um, it's kind of it's called the, the album is called House of the Dead. Came out this year. Um, I stumbled on it from a Spotify playlist. Uh, the Spotify playlist was was called uh, Sludgy Stoner Retro Groove. Huh, that's very uh, specific. Yeah, well, that's the thing about you know you can you can section out down to like yeah. Sludgy Stoner Retro Groove. I mean, there's enough bands <laughs> to fill a playlist that would that would you know qualify as that. But um, you know, the album goes from kind of that more sludge, uh, doom metal to a little bit more bluesy, um, bluesy uh, Sabbath esque metal. So anyway, I feel like um, bluesy metal. Well, that's a thing. Yeah, 
Well, Black Sabbath, you know, especially their first album was was heavily. I mean, did we talked about? Well, we will talk about this in the in one of the coming episodes. But you know, rock and roll starts with blues, right? And metal comes from rock. So I mean, it, you know, yeah. Sabbath had a lot of blues, heavy blues uh, riffs, and that was kind of, uh, you know, Black Sabbath is, is is sort of the origin of of metal, you know, and so you look at Zeppelin, you look at Sabbath. I mean, it's these are blues riffs, you know. So doom metal sort of goes back to that uh, Sabbath uh, style of like bringing blues back into metal. But it's not the blues cue that, that you're thinking of. You know what I mean? Yeah, obviously not. I see. That's the thing. I just I'm just not a metal fan at all. So this is all news to me. Yeah, you know? which we which we um, we definitely talk about in this episode. Uh, so so anyway, I think that's a good uh, a good segue into our discussion about Alice in Chains. And um, well, what you first of all, what do you think of that track, Cube? Oh, I liked it. The thing, the thing with metal, like, and I say this, I say this about it a lot. It's the only way that I can accurately describe my feelings toward it. I appreciate it, and like, I can enjoy it. Well, like, if if someone's sharing it with me, but I just don't see myself ever like playing that kind of music. You're not gonna seek it out. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna listen to that in my car or just by my, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I but I liked it. Not- it was cool. It's not, it's, it's not for everyone, but yeah. And uh, I get it. I understand the whole, uh, you know, the lyrics are dark and satanic, but it's almost like in a cheeky way. Like they do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we could do a whole episode just about this, but you know, man, the, 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 uh, the, the history of, of tying metal with, uh, Satan worshiping and, and cults and all that stuff, you know, goes back. Yeah, the satanic decades, panic of man. the 80s. Exactly. So, um, no, you know, they're not Satan worshipers, right? Right. It's just, in the same way that you go watch a horror movie, um, I feel like metal is to music what horror movies is to, you know, Hollywood or whatever movies. Uh, it's just a... Um, exploring the darker side of things. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So Q, something I want to mention right now is that by the time this is listened by to, by anybody, we will have a website up. So we should probably tell them where they can go. Um, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> um, no filler podcast.com. We're going to have the show notes on there for each show. We're not going to, really put much else on there aside from like here are the tracks that we talked about. I also want to hear the interviews that we, that we referenced or the YouTube videos, you know, got to, got to cite the sources. Also, one thing we were kicking around the idea of putting together weekly Spotify playlists or or making just one big Spotify playlist that will have all of the tracks that we, that we play on each episode um, including the outro tracks, um, our bonus episode tracks, all that stuff. And including, I would say, a track from 
you know our our what you heard picks for each week yes. you know because that'll that's a that's a it's gonna be a weekly segment if you will so i mean you know you yeah. can throw as long you as you as long it. as it is on spotify we'll have it up on the playlist yeah yeah so you know you can get that those those playlists you'll find them on our website nofillerpodcast.com i'm sure we'll have a twitter account as well and we'll give out that handle once we know what it is but hopefully it'll be no filler podcast at no filler podcast but you know once the yeah this is kind of funny because you know i haven't even built the website yet but it will be built by the time you hear it so i can only imagine that it's a great website so you should go check it out let me tell you brother the little mock-up image that you showed me looks great just great well, cue. Keep it up, brother. Keep it up. You know, Photoshop is one thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I. No, no, it, it'll it'll, it. it'll look it'll look somewhat similar to the mock-up that I showed you. But yeah, my my P shop skills. You don't even have Photoshop, dude. Nope, <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> but you don't need it. Uh, Hopefully, you can't hear this cat outside my door meowing. But if you do, you know, whatever, she's cool. Yeah, wait. Is that one Slon? Is that Slon? No, it's Penny. Neat. <laughs> I don't know if she named her after Penny Lane or what, but her name is Penny, and she's delightful. All right, let's 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 dive into the history of grunge a little bit here. Short, like like uh, you know, bird's eye view of grunge music. Yes, I'm gonna try. Let's hear it. So, first. <laughs> That's a cat that I can hear, brother. <laughs> right? That's for jumped sure. right into my lap and got <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> so I'm going to jump to the band Green River. Um, this is a band that has been around since the early 80s. They have been, they are arguably the first true grunge band. And... So grunge the, meaning the the way that we know it, what we think about grunge. Yeah, we, if, you to, to, if you listen to if you listen to music sound. from them, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's yeah, it's it's like that. It's it's post Sabbath type metal music. Okay, but uh, it's like the it's like the singing isn't as harsh. I mean, you know, it's not so much metal. You. You can definitely hear it. Yeah, you can hear it there in their in their music. You can hear the 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 the, the proto grunge of uh, yeah. of grunge. Okay. Yeah. Of the grunge so, sound that we all know. Yeah. Um. So the lead singer, his name's Mark Arm. Um, he is generally credited as being the first person to use the term grunge to describe specifically this Seattle genre of music because so grunge, he himself used the word to describe his own band. Yeah. Okay. To describe, cool. uh, he was in a band called Mr. Epp and the calculations. Cool name. Okay. Um, cool. And in, so Seattle had a bunch of music zines, you know, the magazines yep. um, that, you know, weekly magazines or whatever. And he described his own band, um, in this zine called Desperate Times, uh, describing them as pure grunge, pure noise, 
pure shit. <laughs> okay, that is that, so. That sounds like grunge. Yep. Um. So, but this was the this was an event that he was in before Green River. But anyways, uh, this all ties into what I was gonna talk about a little bit later. Um, Bruce Pavitt was the um, founder of Sub Pop, which is everyone knows now. That's that music label that was started in Seattle. He actually popularized the term grunge as a music label or genre between 1987 and 1988, using it to describe Green River. So that's where the term grunge jumped off. You know, that was this jumping point as being actually used as to describe an actual genre of music. Um, so let's jump to, let's jump to uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. I don't have any information on that, brother. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, here here are the here are the five albums that that come to mind typically when people think about grunge, right? Nirvana's Nevermind, Tin by Pearl Jam, Super Unknown by Soundgarden, Dirt by Alice in Chains, which is what we're talking about today, and Stone Temple Pilots Core. So all five of those bands are Seattle bands. Yeah. Which, you know, is impressive in its own right. But yeah. what do we do? So this band, Green River, are, they're Seattle mm-hmm. as well, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Okay. So like, were they an influence on Nirvana, I'm wondering? Or like, cause I'm not I always sure about wonder, that. I always wonder like, how do how, how do all of these bands just you know cultivate this sound at the same time probably because they're all playing on the same venues together i know that i know that these you know they were all friends they all knew each other and were aware of what yeah. they were doing and we actually have a clip from from uh, jerry cantrell of alice and chains who was kind of describing the scene at the time maybe we could just play that right now and kind of let him talk about it yeah, let's do that. All right, yeah. Let's go back to the very beginning uh, of, of Alice in Chains. You know, because one of the things that I noticed, this is actually not in the beginning, but, you know, halfway through um, the, the, the Columbia years of, of making records there, I remember coming out and doing some work with you guys, some radio broadcasts, and just there was always that brotherhood in Seattle. I mean, with you and the guys, you know, from different bands, whether it's Screaming Trees or Soundgarden or the Pearl Jam guys or oh, the Nirvana guys like Chris and everybody. I mean, you guys are just yeah. all... You guys were all really great friends, and there was a real friendship there. There was not this kind of weird, you know, rivalry. Instead, you guys were just, you know, you, you really all took everything with a grain of salt. I thought it was such a cool thing. You could tell everybody really oh, so loved the music and was in it for the right reasons. Yeah, I mean, we it was were the best looking one of the bunch, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. now, pound for pound. <laughs> you still have a lot of those friendships? And- oh, of course. You know, I mean, uh, you know, that's part, that's kind of, you know, uh, that's a really great way to look at that you know and the reason that I think that I had the impact is is just the vibe of where we were all coming from like I said I think music was really really fucking tired you know what I mean and something needed to happen so we had the lucky part of the time timing and also it was, it was out of frustration I think a lot of the music that came out of that because we we're tired of the shit it was being shoved down our throats a little bit you know and uh, and also there's a lot there's a lot of things we all found our voices at the same time you know a lot of bands will throw out a couple records and then they'll finally find themselves we were kind of lucky to throw it out on our first record kind of kind of hit a direction and hit a stride and i think all the bands kind of did that so 
You know, it's a really, it's, it's a really, it's a really, it's a really unique situation that happened. Here's what I take from from what he was saying there. Um, so, this was a reaction to what did he say? The shit that was being shoved down their throat. Right. Yeah, because so this is we're talking twenty somethings in the mid to late eighties, I guess, growing up. They were being yeah, Madonna and George Michael, they were being shoved down their throat. Well, just uh, the whole eighties pop the super yeah wave. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so this was a an anti movement against all that. So all that yeah, crap. that's that's I think that's always kind of what people think about when they think of grunge is like it was so like counterculture, I guess. Yeah. There weren't, you know, like when you, you know, when you think about the eighties, it's all about the outfits, even the metal bands. It's all about super clean. Well, yeah. um, You know, and like Van Halen was considered a metal band. And when you look at, I can't believe that when you look at their, their, the outfits that they would wear and the, like the showmanship and whatnot. Yeah. Neon colored spandex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, here comes grunge and they're, they're not, there's no outfits, you know? Yeah. The flannel, but I mean, that was just what they're wearing or whatever, you know, there was no, there was no, there's no, there's no costumes or outfits or like, there's no showmanship. There's no showmanship. Exactly. They're just, you know, they just show up and they do, and they do their, their thing. There's no, there's, uh, there's no gimmick, I guess, you know? Yes. I think that's the main thing. There's no gimmick. And that's kind of what made it so, like, appealing probably to teenagers of the the 90s, you know? Yeah. So, Q, before we dive into the record here, let's just kind of... Maybe this is worth talking about, but as far as our musical preferences, right? Right. I have always historically been more of a metal fan than you have, right? Yes. So, this is your first listen-through of this album, right? To get ready for this episode. Yep. The so the only Alice in Chains song that I knew was the song that everyone else knew, and that's Rooster, which happens to be on this album. But yeah, dude, there's a that's lot it. of other there's a lot of Alice in Chains songs that people know that you probably know. Probably, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's the only one that I know. You know. Okay, so you're just saying like you're familiar with the singles. I'm familiar with a single, Rooster. But yeah, like you're saying, I've probably heard other songs, but I couldn't be like, oh, that's Alice in Chains. Man in the Box. What? Man in the Box. No, I heard you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know it, dude. Everybody knows that song. So that was their first big single. That was on their first record, Facelift, which came out. So here's what, here's so we just talked about grunge, right? Alice in Chains is often lumped into the grunge sound probably because this record came out in Seattle in 1992, right? Yeah. Because I think now the retrospect in retrospect, Alice in Chains is more of a metal band than they are a grunge band. But you know, they're basically the metal grunge band, right? Like if you look at the, 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 the field of grunge artists, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody got as heavy as Alice and Chains did, right? I mean, they 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 were set to tour with Metallica uh, before Lane Staley, the lead singer. Let, uh, so let me just let me interject and say this because you know we were having a conversation about this 
earlier and it blew my mind when before you the mics this. got hot yeah before the mics got hot we were talking about um i don't remember which song i was listening to that made me think this i think it may have been sick sick man yeah um but yeah i sent you a text saying hey man this like this to me sounds a lot like some metallica riffs yeah and then why don't you share with me what you you know share with the audience what you told me and it just blew my mind that's a lot of you, that's a lot of go on tell my brother i was just saying that like i think it's probably better to say that hatfield and i know lars ulrich specifically the drummer for metallica let me give the full name just in case but Jam- i'm talking about james hatfield the lead singer guitar player for metallica and lars ulrich the drummer of metallica i would say that they were more influenced by alice in chains in the 90s than the other way around because i, I can't believe that man well but that's the thing though like you not being a metal head, as it were. Yeah, yeah. There is there's Metallica from the eighties and then there's Metallica from the nineties. You know what I mean? So give me so, album names. Okay. Kill 'em all. When did that come out? Kill 'em all? When did it come out? <laughs> that's their first okay, so that's their first album. That came yeah. out in eighty three. Wow. Okay. Okay, what uh, about... <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I mean, what Metallica... Th- what, okay, give me singles. Singles, early 90s, singles, Metallica. Okay, early 90s is Black Album, right? So that's Inner Sandman. You, you, you know that song, right? Yes, I know Inner Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. The, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Black Black Album, right? Yeah. Uh, arguably their, their most successful album, their most critically... Sure acclaimed album most wide appeal i guess audience appeal mm-hmm. that's 91 dirt comes out in 92 the grunge scene is happening in seattle okay around and after black album right and you're saying that and then you and then you, you think it's to, more likely that that metallica yes. wanted to jump on that grunge train i don't know if they wanted to purposely like i'm not saying they purposely said Hey, we need to we need to start sounding like these Seattle dudes. I'm but just they saying, were influenced by them. Yeah, because when you listen to Load and Reload, which yeah. came out in '96 and '97, it's two different bands, man. And knowing the, I, I know for a fact that Hatfield and Allwork were huge fans of Dirt in particular, and they were big fans of Alice in Chains. You can't ignore it, you know. And they sound a lot know, like. But that's they, what you're here for, bro. When you listen, yeah, when you listen to Load and Reload, it's got a lot of that blues rock, I need singles, grungy brother. rock. I need Memory singles. remains. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, fuel, right? Oh yeah, give me fuel, give me fire. There you go. Give me that much. Uh, yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you got it. But no, yeah. but that's. I like, look, man. I love Metallica, but. But no, dude, I, don't. I can't say I love Metallica. Q. Come on now, Q. You don't. I can't say it. But okay, you like Metallica. I appreciate him. But but okay, and I love this fucking episode already, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first metal episode, and I'm excited. Um, it's pretty great gonna, that I, you know that that it, we're like almost opposites here on this. Yeah, and this is what's going to be nice about this podcast is that I'm sure someday we'll do an episode on Alt J or something, right? And that'll be your opportunity uh, to show me yeah, the way. Yeah, we to are, sh- dude. To, to show me the way. Oh, I can't wait. 
but yeah, I'll be interested uh, to, to, to dive in and, and, and yeah. you know, listen and, and hear you talk about why you like it, you know? Yeah, dude. But we're, we're going to do, I think we're going to do Injustice for All when we do our Metallica episode. Because that's my favorite Metallica album. And that's right before they came out with Black Album. And, you know, there's just no, there's no comparing the two. But anyway, to me, it's obvious that Metallica was influenced by grunge. You can hear it in the music that they made post Black Album. But I believe, um, yeah. I gotta so anyway, take your word on that. Yeah. So, so Alice in Chains, I would call them a metal band, but they are, they have the grunge metal label on them because out of the grunge, on like when you look at the grunge landscape as a whole, they were the heaviest, and you know, a lot of their riffs are metal riffs. You know, what I mean, they're like I said, they're a metal band. Let's just call them. A are metal there band. any grunge bands that you that that you're familiar with that that are in that style, like Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, a little bit sometimes, okay, but not. I would say on their on 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 STP's first album, Core, which oddly enough came out on the same day the Dirt came out. They were both released on the same day. You were 92. dropping pearls of wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> but they both came out the same day. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that, yeah, like as a whole, Alice in Chains has always been heavier. And there's and here's you know what I got a quote for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's here's Jerry Cantrell, guitar player from Alice in Chains. He says here, we're a lot of different things. I don't quite know what the mixture is, but there's definitely metal, blues, rock and roll, maybe a touch of punk. The metal part will never leave, and I never wanted to. So, in other words, they've always been a metal band, right? Um, if you look I'll at say this, go ahead. One of the one of the drum beats. Um, I can't. I don't have a track name for you. I was just listening to the album. Uh, you know, doing chores or some shit. Yeah. But it was quite uh, jazzy or bluesy. It, it was. He was doing a little, a little number with the ride cymbal that's very jazzy. On dirt, which I appreciated. Yeah. Man, I wish you could pull the track. Sorry. What was it? Toward the beginning or the end? It had to be towards the beginning. It had to be toward the beginning because what? You, so what you're telling me is you didn't listen to the whole thing. I don't remember if you I did, son. brother. Did you get to the last track? Probably Ooh, not, buddy. I'm sorry. You got to go back and listen because that's my favorite track, "Wood," and that's one of the singles. So all right, let's talk about let's talk about the album. They had five singles on this record. The the track the intro track that that played this episode in was track one, "Them Bones." Super heavy song. Great. I like that song. Great opening for a record. That dude. song's great. It just hits yeah, you. Uh, that's okay. So I'm, I'll, I'll list off the singles. Them Bones, Down in a Hole, Rooster, which is the one that you remember, Angry Chair, and Wood. Wood is probably my favorite Allison Chains track. It's just moody and there's just something about it. Um, so for me, listening to this album having only really known rooster, like being mm -hmm. pretty familiar with it. Right. Rooster sounds different from the rest of the album. Yeah. To me. Well, it's not as heavy. 
well, the then here's vocals the thing about are a little Alice bit different in it. Here's the, here's the thing about Alice in Chains. In between their their albums, I shouldn't say albums because these are all albums that I'm talking about. But I guess in between their their big albums, Dirt and you know Facelift, Dirt, and then their self titled album, they released these two records that were mostly acoustic records. Sap in 92 and then Jara Flies in 94. Sap was literally a collection of songs that they had written and recorded for the B-sides of the singles. But they said, this shit's good. Let's just put it on an album. You know? The only the reason I'm trying to I'm bring that is because they have a lot of singles that are really slow and like acoustic driven, like Nutshell and, you know, Rotten Apple that are great tracks. So, I mean, they've always had that side to them. You know what I mean? That's what okay. I, that's what I love about them. Especially, okay. okay, you you probably remember this track, Hugh, Heaven Beside You. Yes. All right, that's Alice I do know that song. Okay, well, that's them. But that's, again, another When did that come slow. out? 95. Okay. That's their self-titled album. That had, That's a great song. Uh, yeah, really, that was the, the probably the biggest hit on that one. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, Rooster is... A little bit, a little bit different. Yeah, I would agree. Can I ask this? I hope you know. What is he referring to? Rooster. Yeah, that's the nickname that Cantrell, the lead, uh, the guitar player. That's mm-hmm. his dad's nickname from the Vietnam War. Okay. They called him. They called him Rooster. This is a song about his dad. Okay. Bet you didn't think that was what it was about, did you? No, I sure man. Didn't. I was ready for you to say, "Oh, that's the name of his fucking crack pipe." <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> no, Ser- no, seriously though, I was I was ready for something like that. Here comes the rooster. <laughs> yeah. No, but he did sing a lot about drugs. Down in a yeah. hole, you know. Yeah. Junkhead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can hear it for sure. Godsmack. That, he was going through withdrawals and yeah. the whole nine. Yeah. yeah. But uh um, so let's hey let's jump into a pick here, man. Okay, you're right. I think it's about time. Okay, so. Uh, the first pick, track two, Damn That River. We're going to play it, and then I'm going to talk about why I picked it. So let's play. What, did I give you two clips? You did give me two clips. You want to play them both? Yeah, just play the, fir- play the, uh, play okay. the first one. Okay.
right, so there's not much metal going on in that song. Um, but I think it sounds more like a 80s metal band, if I can. Oh, not metal as in Metallica metal, but like Guns N' Roses. Um, and maybe this is just me, but to me that track sounds more like an arena rock track the guitar riff and whatnot it's got the, the Alice guitar riff and the and his, vibe his voice and yeah but i mean yeah. it's got you you get to hear that the 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 harmonizing that him and um mm-hmm. that's that staley and and cantrell the guitar player you know alice and chains have always been kind of known for their harmonizing because you know it's kind of just part of their sound the unique harmonies of, of the um yeah but I like it that you know it's a good track. It's not one of my favorites, but I wanted to play it because I think it sounds more like the stuff they were doing on Facelift, their first album. Which, um, in that interview clip that we played, he's saying that to them that he felt like they had already found their sound with, you know, during that first yeah. record. Yeah, but so. yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is like, um, as far as it not being dark. Like when you listen to Them Bones, the first track, you know, and we played a little bit of it, it's yeah. just darker and it is, heavier. Yeah. This yeah. song's a little bit more upbeat, I guess. I hate to use that word, but that's yeah, not compared, the right word, brother. Compared, I get you. It's not the, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and compared to the next track that we're gonna play, which is probably my second favorite track on the album. Uh, rain when I die. Yes, but we have another clip. Damn that river! Let me hear it. Let me play it in my ears here. Shit! Hold on. We're probably gonna cut this part. <laughs> yeah, play it. Actually, play it. That's good. It's got the guitar solo, and this is what I mean when I talk about arena rock. I'm talking about Guns and Roses. I'm talking about for some reason, that's the only band I can think of when I'm when I'm when I'm using that term. But that's Everyone because when Guns I hear this guitar so. solo, I, for some reason, I think of Slash from Guns N' Roses, yeah. the way he would play. So play this, and then that'll that'll be a good segue into the other two picks because they sound different, in my opinion, like two very different Alice in Chains sounds. You know what I mean? So let's let's hear the second clip. Yeah, I can hear exactly what you're talking about. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, so it's just it's just your your go to guitar solo, I guess. Yeah, it's got a little Van bit. Van Halen of, comes to mind too. Thank you. I was about to say that, and and that's actually Van Halen was an influence to 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 Jerry Cantrell. So, you know, so there you go. So let's. I just want to point out because I ahead. think it's humorous. Um, we should say that he's not just like really pissed off at this river. 
and going like, fucking damn that river. Because it's D-A-M, not D-A-M-N. <laughs> Wait. So you... Was that a joke? <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> I think this song yes. is about an argument. Sure. I know. But he's talking about literally damming that river. As in like... Yeah. Yeah. Blocking yeah. it. Yeah. I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. Yeah, so uh, that's a dad joke right there, dude. That's yeah, that's, yeah. I'm proud of it. Uh, well, you know, you gotta practice, just in case you ever father a child. I might. <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> <in these days. laughs> All right. So, okay. Q, have you ever seen? Are you familiar with Pantera? I'm familiar with the name. If you look at early pictures of Pantera. Before the 90s, they look exactly like those hair bands, right? That you, right. uh, that, that, that comes to mind, right? Yeah. Uh, what twist? It's mister. ridiculous, dude. So, like, it's just funny that all of these. <laughs> oh my God, dude. What? I gotta send you this picture. Stupid. What? <laughs> How do I chat with you on Skype? I'm leaving this in, by the way. That's fine, man. <laughs> what? How did this happen? How did you get that distracted by a picture? Look at that, man? dude. Look at you. Look at that picture, and you'll get just where as distracted. You, where are you sending it to me, man? And Skype. Oh my god! Pull it up, dude, right now. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, we need to put this picture on the website now. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. That's okay. Pantera. No, that's Pantera. It is before Pantera. they became Pan. Yes, but this is, but that's not Pantera, dude. To me, that's like record label influence, Pantera, right? The this guy on the far left, the nineties, takes it for me. Yeah, well, this is them right oh. here, dude. Oh shit, that's too- that's good. Yeah, that's oh, good. Okay, okay. So look, you, you see that? Now look at this. I, I you know see that. They look, yeah. And then look at this. You see that? Now look at this. <laughs> You see that? That's, <laughs> yes. That's that's Pantera. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, when you hear, when you listen to Facelift, Alice in Chains' first album, and you hear the snippets of glam rock or arena rock or whatever, I feel like that's the reason, right? Because right. they're coming right out of the '80s. These guys listen to Van Halen and all of them, Motley Crue. Yeah, you know that what I mean? makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's why I wanted to play Damn That River because I think it had, you know, little snippets of leftover like 80s metal rock, big glam rock, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So we got two clips from Rain? Do we? Yes. Yes, we do. Because the first. Okay. So. And I say Rain, but the full track name is Rain When I Die. Track three. Yeah. so So our second pick from this album is Rain When I Die. Track three. So it's, it's right after Damn That River, the song we played first. What I love about this song is the, the intro. Because the, it, it's, it's about a minute 15 or whatever until, until the verse actually starts. And they do a fucking awesome job like building up this atmosphere. You know, I could not agree more. It's fucking I really great, like this man. track. It's great. Uh, this is one of my favorite Alice in Chains tracks. Um, 
there's a lot of things going on in this intro too, right? Yeah, let's and, play it. Yeah, let's play it and then, and then we'll come it. back and talk about it. So, you know, amazing, right? A lot going on there. Um, yeah, for so me, what, my favorite part of that intro that gets me is it's like one minute in when he's first, his voice comes in and he's doing more like a moan thing. Yeah. That, uh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. that that whole sound, like what they're doing with, what is it, the guitar? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just got that like, I don't know. Gut wrenching, like uneasy feeling yes, that uneasy. you get. Okay, dude, I'm glad you said the word uneasy because that's the word I was going to use to describe not just this track, but like it makes you feel. It's like a sense of dread. Yes. Oh man, Q. Welcome to the world of metal, my friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like uneasiness, right? Um, he does that. A, so the way that you know. Lane Staley, he is well known for his vocals, right? He almost I thought kinda... his name was Stain Laley. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I did. Um, it's, it's, it's... Well, now you're making me question everything here. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally fucking with you. Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. It's Lane Staley. Um, I'm sorry, man. I probably you fucked just, up your train just, of thought. You, you, you sure did. Yeah. So Lane, St- Lane, you fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Lane Staley. He's known for his vocals. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he does this wail a lot. I guess it's a wail, right? It's this agonizing yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to call it agonizing, but like his kind of. It. Yeah. Wail. I think that's a good way to. Wail. Okay. It, it sounds yeah, like so a. He, it's like a sing-songy cry. Okay, yeah. So, like, in the opening track, right when the song starts on Them Bones, he's sort of screaming with the guitar. Uh, can you play that again? Just play that again real quick. Yeah. Because, yeah, cause, and, and then we'll, we'll talk, come back and talk about it.
So you see how he's kind of screaming? Yeah. Along with the guitar? Yeah, not along well, with it, but alongside right, it. Right, but I mean, but with every, I guess, measure. I don't fucking know yeah, what I'm talking about. Or, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's like, yeah. He does it again on, on Rain When I Die, right? Mm-hmm. But he's kind of moaning with that guitar and wailing with, with yeah, that guitar. Yeah, he's adding to it for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of that like almost like a almost like inhaling and exhaling kind of thing going mm-hmm. with that. And it's funny that you picked it up too, probably because we're twin brothers, bro. But you immediately thought of the exact same thing that I immediately thought of, which was that track off of I don't know the origin of this movie enough to talk about it, but it's called Irreversible. Yeah. It was a horror movie. Horror movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. And one half of Daft Punk, Thomas Bangalter, uh, did this soundtrack. And this song is called Rectum. We'll put it in the show notes on the website. Um, but it's got this that same kind of like in and out kind of drone. And it makes you feel really uneasy. It was actually, he he purposely did that. And it, and it goes on for like the entire track. You know, it's not the same as this song, but I'm just, it's got that, that, um, that sense of dread, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Irreversible was a French art psychological horror drama film from 2002. That's what I'm going to say about it. Yeah. And I believe that was during the rape scene in the, the controversial rape scene in the movie. Yes. I remember reading If we want to, if we want to go there, you know, but that's, I did. But, that's, but that sound, that's, yeah. that's like what I was talking exactly. about, a minute into dread, Rain uneasiness. Yes. It's, yeah, that sense of dread, uh, uneasy, like queasy yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. It it does that to you. You feel the impact more on the, on the Thomas Bang Alter track because he was doing that on purpose, you know? And Mike, yeah, that, that track, will, that'll fuck with you. You can almost not, you, I almost struggle even listening to it all the way through with headphones, that track. Yeah. And he actually... Thomas Bang, the Thomas Bang Alter track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, you also get to hear the wah wah pedal. Q, do you know what a wah wah pedal is? I know what a wah wah pedal right, is, man. brother. You know, I don't know. I'm the guitar player of the duo here. But Jerry Cantrell, um, he used the wah wah pedal a lot in a lot of his work. Um, so you you get to hear that in in this track as well. Is that uh, gonna be which is kind of the two? main that main rip? Yeah, I was in that. It was in that first clip. Okay, <laughs> I I swear I know what a wah wah pedal is. <laughs> what is it? It's that pedal that makes it go wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you couldn't describe it better right there. <laughs> I mean, the name You're of welcome. it is it's an onomatopoeia, I guess, right? Yeah. Anyway, Jerry Cantrell is well known for the wah wah use yep, usage. Yep. Uh, so you got to hear some of that. I mean, if you if you know Man in the Box, that's nothing but wah wah, right? So anyway, sure. yeah, I hope it is because you got another clip from Rain When I Die. Yeah, because you know that first that first clip was really just the intro, so you could hear that intro. Uh, the second clip just you get to hear more of the song, basically, so the chorus Do and whatnot. It. So you can play that.
So you really get to hear Staley's wailing in that chorus when he holds the word die like that mm-hmm. and just kind of... I like it. He, he does that a lot on a lot of the, his songs. And again, it all contributes to that feeling Yeah, that this music kind of embodies, right? Yeah, I like it. I like that track a lot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, very moody, you know, and just like, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, uh, Alice track, you know, as far as like everything that, that makes them great is, is, is in this track, you know? So would this, is this your go-to intro track for someone that's trying to get into Alice? Would you show them this no, track? No, no. I mean, it depends on who I'm talking to, but Wood would be a good one. Wood Wood would be a good <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, Them Bones. Yeah. That's a hard question to answer, Q. It really is. There's a lot of great stuff on on, on, um, on their self-titled album. But if you know, if you needed to go, if somebody's like, "I've never heard of Alice in Chains," what should I listen to? Yeah, I think you're right, dude. Rain, in, rain when I die would be a good one because, like I said, it just you know, it's it's kind of a good summary of them. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got his signature wah wah guitar riff, you know. It's got his his wailing vocals. The intro is badass, you know. Intro is badass. And I've got somebody like you who isn't a metal fan it's telling me that you like it. So, yeah, there you go. So, what was your overall like take of this album, dude? Before we play the last track, I just want to hear from a sort of an outsider's perspective. I What did you think? Liked I liked it's mix of <laughs> that does not, <laughs> that sound, does not like sound I convincing. To say that does not sound convincing dude i look i enjoyed i enjoyed I liked it. the heaviness of it <laughs> along with the fact that uh, uh, it's all right man i liked you know it man you? i liked it it's not for everybody i liked it's it not for everybody <laughs> i liked it man i would listen to it again and again, and maybe one more time. Uh, really? Maybe in serious? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, man. I'm but sorry. The, but that's the thing. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that you made it all the way to the end of the album. Probably not, Ooh. man. Ang- Dude, you, you didn't get the angry chair? Or wood? I don't know, Ooh. man. I was listening to it while I was doing my chores. All right. Well, you know what, Q? We can't always agree on music. And that's what makes this podcast great, because we're gonna go through these together. You know what I think you should do? I think you should listen to Alt J's first album, An Awesome Wave. Oh, well, I'll listen to it when we do an episode on it. That's exactly how I feel about Allison Chains. All right. See, that's kind of what, dude. Look, that's I got. I got nothing. Uh, nothing against him, man. I. This is what I say with every, with most bands, that I am. Uh, indifferent to I appreciate them and I respect them but I'm not gonna listen to it on my own time yeah I hear you you're not you and I won't yeah. say that about bands that I don't like you know 
So what you're trying, what you're saying is like you get it, you understand it. I get it. It's not absolutely your, it's not your cup of tea. Well, now you know that's one of the things that I was hoping to get out of this podcast is basically being forced to listen to an album that I wouldn't listen to otherwise, and then listen to somebody tell me why they like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we need to start pulling in some guests on this show so we can get some different perspectives here. But working on it, you know, I basically tricked you into listening to this album so I could talk about it with you, which is great. It needed to be done. I needed to listen to it. Yeah, man. Everybody needs to Way listen overdue. to this album. It's it's one of the greatest rock albums of all time. One of the greatest metal b- records of all time. And it is a great album. I of course I it totally is. agree with that. Yeah, with that statement. That's what I'm saying. So let's segue into the final track here that we picked. You can't talk about dirt. That you picked, brother. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That I picked. I'm <laughs> steering the ship here. You can't talk about dirt or Alice in Chains, really, without talking about the drugs and the heroin usage. And this album, it's all through it. It's a theme. That's what made this album have such an impact is because they were struggling with, especially the lead singer, they were struggling with drug abuse at the time of recording. Also, this is a segue, but something else that's interesting about this record is that the the LA riots were going on the same time that this was being recorded in LA. So like they recorded this... Another interesting piece of info here. That is interesting. They, well, they recorded this in the same studio that Metallica had recorded Black Album. I probably should have said that earlier when we were talking about Metallica. But this was <laughs> so down the street. Cantrell, guitar player, uh, he has he was quoted as saying that he was in a store buying some beer when some guy came in and started looting the place. So this is during the riots, and this is happening while they're recording the album. He also said he got stuck in traffic. And saw people pulling other people out of their cars and beating the crap out of them. Jesus. So here's his quote. That was some pretty scary shit to have to go through. And it definitely affected the overall feel of the album. So with that knowledge, you've got the LA riots going on down the street, pretty much. And you've got... And you've got members trying to kick their addictions. Exactly. You've got various members of the band actively battling drug abuse and then you listen to the album and it's like well you know no wonder it sounds like this like no wonder it's so like heavy and like dreadful and they're dealing with these demons like in the lyrics and stuff so the final pick is junkhead which is about drug user i think it's about his relationship with the dealer with his dealer um i think one of the things let me pull this up because I remember reading this and it was interesting. So I'm going to pull it up. This is when Q's got to do some editing, cutting and pasting. Good morning to you. I hope you're feeling better, baby. Take All right, it here we go. So here's a quote from Cantrell, guitar player. This was in 2013. He says, 
reflecting on dirt he says the darkness was always part of the band but it wasn't all about that there was always an optimism even in the darkest shit we wrote with dirt it's not like we were saying oh yeah this is a good thing it was more of a warning than anything else rather than hey come and check this out it's great we were talking about what was going on at the time but within that, there was always a survivor element, a kind of triumph over the darker elements of being a human being. I still think we have all of that intact, but maybe the percentage has shifted. So in other words, this album is about... Because when you listen to Junkhead, the lyrics, or Sick Man, it almost sounds like they're glorifying the drug use. But it's, but they're saying that this was more of a warning but also like a celebration of the fact that they're alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I get that. They're trying to... They, yeah, they're writing about how it feels when you're when you're glorifying yeah. the drug that you're addicted to. Exactly. So, so let's play it. Let's play it, brother. So one comment I want to make. The opening of that song sounds like Nirvana. Do you agree with that, Q? Yeah, definitely. Just the very beginning of it. So, you know. I like this song, too. Uh, Ooh, this is another one of my go. favorites. Okay. So you made it this far in the album. I definitely, yeah, man. Dude, I, you just by the end of this podcast, when we're said and done, hopefully years from now. You're gonna be a you're you're gonna be a metal head, my friend. Maybe not a metal head, but you're gonna be a fan of metal, dude. I'm already I'm thirty. Gonna, I'm gonna get it into you. Well, look, I'm about to admit something. You ready? I'm ready. I didn't listen to this album or really get into Alice in Chains until the this last few years. So I'm talking a big game over here. About but you've been a metal head for quite some time. I've been a metal head for quite. I would never call myself a metalhead because, you know, I, I've never been like, when you think metalhead, let's get real here. When you think about 
the dude in high school or the chick in high school with the, um, you know, the, the sleeveless jean vest with the patches on it and yeah. the studs in the eyebrows and the mohawk or whatever. I was never th- that dude. I, I, I like to call myself like a closeted metalhead. You know what I mean? That's like calling yourself a juggalo because you listen to insane <laughs> clown posse on the occasion. That doesn't make you a juggalo. No, but what I'm saying is I've always, I've always appreciated metal and it's always, it's always, it's got a draw on me. You know what I mean? Special place in your heart. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I've, Metallica was my first metal band as I'm sure it was a lot of people's, but yeah, I remember years, it was middle school when you got into yeah. them and I yes. listened to them because I'm your twin brother. Well, so like I was jamming the black album, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of like everybody's gateway drug into Metallica, basically, or at least if you're if you're my age, I I think you know. But I've always, I guess, as the years have gone on, like I've actually gone deeper and deeper into metal the more I listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Alice in Chains, I just recently got into. Like, I can say that. But That's um, fine, man. Ain't what no was the shame. whole point of me saying that? I don't know, dude. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I really like the, I like the chorus in this song a lot. It's got, it's got those harmonies that everybody loves, and everybody kind of associates with him and uh, Cantrell. And if you listen, I don't know if you watched that whole interview, Q, that I sent you. I did but not. the guy interviewing them, and I recognize him from MTV. I don't, or maybe VH1. I recognize I, I, his voice. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the VJs. Yeah, I think he was. But anyway, he actually said that Cantrell and Staley had their 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 voices together were almost up there with uh, with George and Paul, or John and Paul. I don't know about that. Hmm. But their vocals together, uh, I mean, they're they're known for that. So, yeah. Well, Travis, I want to thank you for for getting me to listen to this album. I would have never done so if it wasn't for this podcast. And that's yeah, the well, truth. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal of the podcast, not just for like us sharing music that's what with it's each all other. about brother but uh, you know our hope is that that this is true for somebody else out there who's listening to this podcast and is willing to to listen to albums that they're not familiar with yeah listen to episodes that where we cover an album that they're not familiar with you know what i mean oh i hope so yeah i hope they don't skip it so as we've done previously we're going to try to keep it up every week midweek we will release a Bonus episode, as it were. Originally, we were calling them bonus B-sides with the idea being that we were going to cover a track from the same artist uh, from a B-side that was a non-album single. Or no, non-album track, right? Featured on a single as the B-side. Yeah, Yeah, so that was... Literally a B-side. Yeah, exactly. Harder said than done. 
yeah, that was becoming very difficult to uh, to find tracks to talk about every time for every band. So we're kind of going to switch up the formula here and we're going to call these episodes sidetracks. And the idea is going to be basically really there. I mean, there is, there are no rules here, but the idea being, let's just talk about pick a track, any track, uh, as long as it is within the realm of the band that we talked about last, the band or the album or the genre or the decade that we covered last. I mean, it's going to, it has to get tied to the artist in some way. Some way. It's a little bit more free form. It's going to allow us to, 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 you know, showcase, you know, anything from like, you know, here's a side project that the lead singer did, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, that'll be here's, Yeah. Cause, you know, it's going to be a lot easier and, and more fun, really, to be honest with you. So I don't think we've landed on what the sidetrack is going to be for Alice in Chains. Actually, we have, haven't we? But we shouldn't reveal it. You'll have yeah. to download that episode to hear it. Yeah, just check it out midweek. Check back, uh, check back on our, our podcast feed, and we'll have it up. Yes. Uh, go to nofillerpodcast.com if you want to see the show notes. And I'm not sure and what subscribe our... Subscribe to all the things that we're going to have that we don't have yet. Yeah, subscribe to all the, the things. I don't know what our release schedule as it were is going to be for these Spotify playlists, but it's either going to be once a week or once a month. We will share the details once we know more about it and have it more ironed out. Yeah, we'll figure this shit out. for now, as with every episode, we will close out with a song that was an influence on somebody or the entire band this week being Allison Chains. Um, Lane Staley was influenced by Sabbath, as I'm sure most of them were. Because if if I mean, if you're if you're in a metal band, you were influenced by Sabbath in some way or another. But Allison Chains, they have been compared to sludge rock, doom, metal. I don't. I wouldn't classify them as that, but they've been called that. And this track in particular that I'm going to play from Sabbath, it's called Into the Void. It was the final track on Masters of Reality, which I believe was their third album. Let me clarify that. Master of Reality was their third album, came out in 1971. This track is called Into the Void. It is widely considered to be sort of the the uh, the spawn of the doom metal genre because it's got a lot of the same characteristics as doom metal, you know the the more kind of slow side of metal. Think of it as like the opposite of thrash metal, right? Uh, so let's this is play all it over out. My head, brother. Not for long, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn you. <laughs> um. Because we're going to do a Sabbath album at some point. It's either going to be Master of Reality or it's going to be their debut album. But it's going to be one of the two. Um, so let's play it out. This is probably my favorite Black Sabbath track. 
I love the solo in this. Um, so it's included in this clip that's going to yeah, play out Yeah, we've got it fade in the towards episode. the end, and then it plays out to the end of the track. Yeah, it basically fades in at the second bridge, and it just plays out for the rest of the song. So you get to hear the, the killer solo, and the way that the song ends is fucking awesome. So, you know, we're like three days out from Halloween right now, so like I'm still kind of in that vibe right now, dude. So... You yeah. said you play this this song every Halloween. It's like a tradition of yours. Yeah, it's kind of silly, great. but like if I'm driving around on Halloween night, I always end up playing some Sabbath because just the imagery it's and Black the Sabbath. fucking sound. It's fucking Sabbath. Yeah. Especially track one of the first track on the first album. We could do a whole episode on that song, but we won't. So let's play this out. That'll do it for no filler this week my name is travis this is quentin <laughs> you're quentin you're my you're my you're my brother and i'm quentin. <laughs> and i'm quentin <laughs> all right and uh we don't have an official sign off yet but we'll see you next week bye bye achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? 
problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.